You know, I think good hymns become like prayers after a while. When you hear them enough times, they become part of you. And uh, I've noticed over the course of the last couple months that I don't even have to look at the sheets of paper anymore. I just know them, and it's, it's a wonderful blessing. And in that sense, they do become like a prayer. Most of you have probably had this experience in life, particularly when you were growing up. Well, I hope only when you were growing up. You'd sneak into your parents' closet, perhaps while your dad was away to work or while your mom was busy in the kitchen or something along those lines. You'd sneak into your parents' closet, you'd put on your parents' clothes, and then you'd kind of pretend to be mom or dad, right? For me, it was putting on my dad's flight suit. My dad was a B-52 radar navigator, and I remember every single morning seeing him wake up wearing that, that flight suit, wearing the, the aviation cap, the combat boots, and so every so often I'd sneak into my parents' closet, and I'd throw that flight suit, that hat on, and those boots, and I was about this tall, and I'd be walking around all messed up and, 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 and looking a mess, but that was my way of putting on my father's glory. That was my way of saying something about how I felt about my father. I think we all do that over the course of life, even as we don't continue to wear our parents' clothing, even as we don't sneak into the closet and and put something on that, that reminds us of them. In very important ways, we continue to carry things that our parents have given us, reflections that we're able to take into our lives, share with other people. Perhaps some of the qualities you received from your parents you shared with your own children. And then they'll share with their children. And so on and so forth. So it's an amazing thing to be able to put on your parents' clothing. Put on the clothing, the literal clothing. Put on the emotional clothing, the spiritual clothing. Well, the last few weeks we've been studying the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed is a very basic summation of the faith. And today we get to the point in the creed, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, his being the Father. And in tonight's scripture lesson, we also read, we have seen Jesus' glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Jesus came and clothed himself and the Father's glory, much like you and I might clothe ourselves when we sneak into the closet and put on a pair of our parents' clothing. For him, putting on what his Father has meant to put on glory. And that glory was grace. That glory was truth. And so for God the Son to come to earth, to put on human flesh, wasn't just to teach us some nice things about himself, It wasn't even just to teach us nice things about his father. It was to say, if you see me, you see the grace of God. And you can trust when you see me that God's grace is as we're going to study it tonight. You will never get a better representation anywhere else in any other system of what God the Father, your creator, looks like than in the face and in the person of Jesus Christ. And so tonight, we get the opportunity to see what that face looks like and know that when we see Christ, we're not just seeing Christ, we're seeing the reflection of his Father's glory. 
And this has been a difficulty for the church throughout all ages. Over the course of our past, over the course of our history, many people have struggled with how this can be. Early in the church's history, well, relatively early in the church's history, there was a man named Arius. He was a bishop. And Arius said that Jesus had to have been created by God. He couldn't have been God himself in the flesh. And so he said Jesus was not eternally preexistent. Nestorius claimed that Mary gave birth only to Jesus' humanity, not to his divinity. And then the Monophysites went clear the other way, said that Jesus only appeared to be human, that God would not condescend to take on human flesh and become one of us because he's too good for that. And so over and over again we see in the church's history How do we get this point where Jesus is putting on the Father's clothing and yet he's also putting on our clothing, our human clothing? Well, next week we're going to talk about how he puts on our human clothing. But there are three important ways that he puts on the Father's clothing. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The first thing is he shares the Father's divinity. He shares the Father's stuff if you want to think of it that way. Let's go back to John for a second. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. The thing that assaults our minds, what assaults our understanding of how God is, is to think that God, holy other and holy, we sang it tonight, about God's holiness. It assaults our senses that such a God who is so other would come to earth, put on human flesh, live like us, die like us, and rise again on the third day. And friends, this was an assault on Jewish sensibilities as they were hearing Jesus talk about this as well, as they were receiving it from John. What are you talking about? God came and put on flesh. How is that possible? It doesn't make a lot of sense. And yet that's the whole of the Christian faith. You take that away, you have nothing else. You have Jesus as nothing more than a moral teacher. But Jesus didn't just come to teach us nice things. Jesus couldn't accomplish salvation if all he was was a moral teacher. He had to be God. He had to be an enfleshed God. Because without being God, he doesn't know what's required by his Father. And without being human, he can't make sacrifice for us and make right what we have done wrong. So that's the first thing. The Word is not only with God. The Word was, in essence, God. God. The second thing is love. Mark 12, 28 to 34. People come to Jesus and ask him, what is the whole summation of the law? If you want to think of the law as the Old Testament, that's not really accurate, but that's basically what they're getting at. What is the whole summation of the Old Testament? And how are we to understand the Old Testament? And Jesus says this. And this is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of writing. He says it comes down to this. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. How does Jesus get to say that to these people, these scribes, these Pharisees, these people who understood the faith better than anyone else, people who had spent their entire lives studying the word of God, coming to an understanding of how he had revealed himself in the Old Testament? Who is this man to all of a sudden come forth and say, here's the thing, you all have been reading it wrong. You keep looking for God through the rituals that are prescribed through those. Those rituals are only designed to help you see the face of God more clearly. And what God wants you to know is that through the rituals, you can see love. But the rituals in and of themselves don't necessarily lead to love. You've put the cart before the horse because you see your ritual. You see your law, but you don't see love. For Christ to put on his father's clothes meant that he had to reflect the love of the father. And he did that when he came to earth and he died. When we look at Christ on the cross, we don't just see him hanging there for sacrificial purposes. We see him hanging there for sacrifice because the father loves us. And Christ is a perfect reflection of the father puts himself on the cross because he loves us. So what this means is no longer, there is that sense where we look at the Old Testament, we know that it points forward to Christ, but now because Christ has shown us how the Father really is, and we know that Christ was present as God was speaking through the Old Testament, we're now able to look back at the Old Testament and find Christ and God's love and all of it. It's no longer Old Testament, New Testament. You can rip that page right out from the middle because the God who inspired the apostles to write the New Testament is the same God that inspired the prophets, inspired Moses. It's all about God through Jesus Christ. And the first thing we see in all of it is that it is about love God, love your neighbor. And the third and final thing is Jesus' revelation to us is that there are no more secrets. God is not hiding anything from you. God is not like behind the veil, you know, like the, the wonderful Wizard of Oz where he's, he's kind of sitting behind the veil and everybody is, has this idea that there's this wonderful wizard in the land. Where is it? Is it in Oz? And then you pull back the curtain and it's just a guy. Well, I guess in some ways it is kind of the same, only what's happened is the curtain's been ripped apart. And God came to earth. He said, here I am. This is how I am. There are no codes to unlock. There's nothing you need to figure out. I'm not giving, I'm not trying to make tricks or make you think that if you wrap your mind around some, I don't know, really difficult idea that you're going to understand me better. The Gnostics in the third and fourth century, they had this idea that if they had these special things, these special things they understood, then they would go to heaven because they had this special knowledge. And what Jesus does is he comes and knocks all that out and he says, a child can understand this. I love you. God the Father loves you. 
And he opens up the kingdom to you if you want it. And so it's another assault in a way. Because it takes all the religiosity. It takes all this puffing up. And it says when you get down to it, the message is really, really, really simple. Your heavenly father is eternal. I was eternal with him. He loves you. I love you. And I'm here to show you how much I love you. I'm going to live the life that you couldn't live. I'm going to die a death for sacrifice, a death that you can't die and fix for yourself. And then on the third day, I'm going to rise from the dead. And the whole world's going to see that this isn't just something that I made up. This is the real deal. And so like pulling that uniform, that work uniform, or pulling those clothes on that your parents used to have in their closet. Christ shows us what it meant for him to put on God the Father's glory. And now we have an opportunity to put on the Father's glory as well. Because when we see Christ, when we accept Christ and receive him and live for him, and we share love with people in the world around us, we are living the Father's glory. We are giving the world the Father's glory rather than keeping it to ourselves, pretending that it's some kind of secret. The Son comes to heal us if we will be healed. And he heals us by showing us love. I truly believe, I truly believe this. It sounds so simple. I truly believe that most of the sin in our life, that most of the sickness, the death, the war that we see in the world would be overcome if people could just believe this one fact. And I talked about it this morning in my sermon. You don't have to prove anything to God. You don't have to get on the team. You're on the team. But will you receive it? Do you desire to be in the game? You don't have to wait for God to choose you, put you on the team, and then get you in the game. You're already on the team. And if you want to get in the game, he's willing to let you in the game. And so that's our gift. It's love. That's it. Christ came to show us that God the Father loves us. And he showed us the extent to which God loves us. And the question before you tonight is this. Do you want to put on the Father through Jesus Christ by the sacrifice that he made for you? Do you want to put on the gift of grace in God? Well, it's all there in Jesus. You see the face of Christ. And you've seen the face of the Father. Now next week we're going to talk about what it means for Jesus to put on the clothes of humanity. And I hope you'll join me for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you did send your Son to put on the clothing of your glory and your grace. Lord, help us to be a more grace-filled people. Where our hearts are hard, I pray that you would chip away at them. Where we deny you, I pray that you would give us courage and boldness. And where we don't love, I pray that you would break our hearts 
that you would help us to see you through Christ more clearly and that we would bring glory and honor to you in every thought, every word, and in every deed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.